Good morning. Welcome. Glad you are here today. Uh, it's great to be with you as we worship God together this morning. And we welcome our guests especially. You're very important to us, and we hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family as we worship God together this morning. Uh, welcome one who is not a guest, but one of our own, but want to welcome him back, Evan Hopgood. You've had lots of prayers for you, Evan, and you're looking good. We're, we're glad that you're doing so well, so welcome. Uh, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets this morning. Uh, I'd like to ask if everyone would take that and to fill it out uh, so we could, ha- could have a record of your at- attendance with us this morning. And also a few announcements that we have. Uh, first of all, let's see here. Tomorrow? It's here. Tomorrow, Vacation Bible School will begin at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. At, uh, and, and as we have been doing the past several years, we are uh, combining with uh, three other churches here in town, and we kind of move it around from year to year. And this year it is uh, First Christian's turn to host our Vacation Bible School. And so our Vacation Bible School will be at First Christian Church Tomorrow at 9 o'clock, you can register online. I think there's a link on our website. Uh, also, or you can show up tomorrow and register at, uh, before 9 o'clock. And uh, do we need more volunteers? Okay, uh, so we could use some volunteers today at 2 to help set up, and we could use some more this week as well. So uh, we know you'll, uh, uh, you're, you'll be bringing your children and uh, your children's children and your grandchildren and, uh, what, and your next-door neighbor's children and uh, bring just as many children as you can find to our Vacation Bible School beginning tomorrow. It's an exciting week, and we're glad for it. Also, uh, we'll be having our Wednesday activities uh, this Wednesday, uh, beginning with a simple summer supper at 545, and then Bible study and our missions activities at 630. And uh, next Sunday, we will be, um, a a group of us will be leaving right after the worship service um, uh, early Sunday afternoon to go to eastern Kentucky to McCreary County for our extreme build. And... uh, and we'll have a, a good send-off for the crew next Sunday, and uh, it'll be a great time. So uh, be, please uh, keep uh, the Extreme Build people in your prayers uh, this week, and especially next week, as we will be uh, building a house in one week's time. Uh, and it's an amazing thing to behold. It's pretty, it's pretty miraculous. Uh, and it's, it really is a miracle. It's a miracle of partnerships, as uh, John Lepper has has kind of coined that phrase, uh, because we all work together, and because we all work together, we can get it done in, in, uh, in a miraculous amount of time. Uh, it's great to be here with you and with God's people, and to share the love of God with one another. So let's stand and do just that. Let's share God's love together. Thank you. 
Let us read responsibly our responsive reading for today titled, Good Shepherd. O Lord, our shepherd, you are good. 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 
Today's scripture is from John chapter 10, verses 22 through 30. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple, in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Hunter, come on. What's the matter? <gasps> Guys, I need you all down here because it's it's time to go to school. Everybody down here, come on, come on, come on. Hurry, hurry, hurry. First of all, I don't know what's wrong with Dr. Tim. Did you hear that one where he said over and over and over and over? Yeah, but what, what was he saying? What's this? What's that word? Shepherd. Shepherd. Let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight, huh? Shepherd. Hmm, guess what the theme today is? What, Sydney? Learning about shepherd. Well, what is a shepherd? A shepherd. It's a person who takes care of sheep. Well, he, sheep. Let's look at the dictionary. Here's your lesson. You ready? You guys want to read it together? A shepherd. One who herds, guards, and cares for sheep. Or, that's one way you can think of a shepherd. Okay, and you see that out in the field. The shepherd, and he's got his crook, and he's tending his sheep. But in our family, this family right here with all your aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas and parents, anybody that loves you and brings you to church every Sunday, we want you to know that there's another shepherd that we are so thankful we have. And all kidding aside, did you hear, Dr. Tim, of all the shepherd does for us? I'm not going to read every one of them, but who am I talking about when I talk about the shepherd here with us today? God, yes. Let's read number two together here. One who cares for a group of people as a minister, like Dr. Tim, or a teacher, or the good Lord above. He is our shepherd, and he cares for us very, very much. And it just so happens in this book, on June 1st, which was uh, yesterday, it says, A Loving Shepherd. It says, don't fear little flock. 
Did you know that a group of sheep is called a flock? A flock of sheep follows his shepherd, and he makes sure that his sheep are safe. Does God make sure we're safe? He loves the flock, especially the young lambs. Are you all the young lambs in Jesus' flock? Yes, you are. Jesus calls us his little flock. He wants us to know that we don't need to be afraid. Remember we talked about that at night? Or if something happens in your family, like your Uncle Mike and all that, let's don't be afraid because who's with us? That's right. Jesus is like a shepherd, and you're one of his little lambs. He loves you very much. All right. Let's bow our heads and say this little prayer. And, guys, we're not going back to Children's Church right now because there's a couple other things I want you to see and hear, okay? So we're just going to sit up here on the front row. All right. Let's say a word of prayer. Dear Jesus, You're my shepherd, and I'm one of your little lambs. So I don't have to be afraid. Thank you for loving me and keeping me safe. Amen. You guys will take your places right there. Pray with me, please.
We gather today to honor you, Lord. Thank you for our families and the beautiful day. You provide us with so much. Accept these gifts, tithes and offerings, that, uh, that, that your will will be done through our church. May we offer our prayers for those who are less fortunate than us. Let us listen to your word during Dr. Ten's sermon. We say this in your name, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
Well, we've got a special guest here, don't we? How about that, kids? That's pretty, yeah, pretty neat, isn't it? Um, we'd like to welcome especially today Susan Warren and Paprika. Paprika is, is this sheep's name. And uh, our message today is about how to be a good sheep. And I thought that it would be a good idea to bring a real sheep in here as an example. <laughs> so we're glad that Paprika is here with us. And thank you, Susan, for, uh, for being Paprika to, to be here with us. And I think after the service, you may be able to, uh, to pet the sheep in a little bit. But, uh, but we uh, have, um, uh, are, are y'all, y'all are going back to children's church right now. But after the service, you may be able to come back and pet the sheep. And we're glad that Paprika and Susan are here with us today. We have uh, one other passage of Scripture that we would like to read before I begin the service, uh, the sermon, and that is uh, Psalm 23. And I'd like to ask if everyone, if you are able to stand and, um, and read it in unison together. I think the words will be on the screen, I, I hope. And, uh, and uh, let's just read in unison Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You may be seated. I heard about a, uh, a couple who retired to a small Arizona ranch and acquired a, a few sheep. But at lambing time, they had to bring two of the newborns into the house for special care and bottle feeding. And then as as the lambs started to get older and and grow up a little bit, they began to follow the rancher's wife around the farm. Well, she was telling a friend about this development, and the friend asked her, what did you name them? And the lady replied, well, of course I named them goodness and mercy. Get it? Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. (laughs) All of our lessons for today talk about sheep or shepherds. And and if you think about it, it's probably the most familiar image in all of the scriptures. God is our shepherd. We are God's sheep. Now, sheep were a very important part of the agricultural lives of the ancient Hebrews. And that, that may explain why sheep are mentioned more than any other animal in the Bible, more than 500 times. For King David, who wrote most of the Psalms, the metaphor of a sheep and the shepherd was an obvious way for him to think about his relationship with God. I mean, after all, he had vivid memories of, of life as a shepherd before he became a warrior and a king. And thus he He begins his beloved 23rd Psalm by saying, The Lord is my shepherd. But David wasn't the only Old Testament writer to use this imagery. The prophet Isaiah also used sheep to illustrate the waywardness of God's people. 
Isaiah says, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to our own way. Now you're probably thinking, how did he know about us? He sure got, got that right. And of course, the descriptive language, this descriptive language is also carried over into the New Testament concerning Jesus. He is the ultimate good shepherd of of God's people as well as the unblemished sacrificial lamb of God. Now, unless you've grown up on a sheep ranch or spent a lot of time at a petting zoo, you're you're probably not all that familiar with sheep. You may have seen them, uh, seen Susan's sheep up here in the pastures near the church here. Uh, And and I'm certainly no expert on sheep, but... But in any case, some of you may not think of being, that being compared to a sheep is very flattering. But you know what? If truth be known, it may be the sheep that has more right to be offended than us. You see, for most of us, we think of ourselves as mavericks, too smart, too free-spirited to go along with the herd. And it's, a na- it's natural, especially for us Americans, to celebrate qualities that are more characteristic of mules than of sheep. So you see, sheep, unless, it, unless you're having a hard time falling asleep, are probably underappreciated. When most of us think about sheep, we think of them as feeble-minded animals that just follow along with the rest of the flock and, and sometimes follow the crowd into dangerous situations. But this image of a sheep is based on a lack of understanding. Because when you, when you really get to know a little bit more about sheep, you begin to realize that being a good sheep, that is, a sheep that sticks with its flock and, and tries to remain close to the shepherd, That requires some basic qualities that are also essential to being a good disciple of Jesus Christ. And like the disciple of Christ, the sheep benefits greatly from belonging to the flock, gaining safety, guidance, nourishment, correction, and care, as well as the opportunity to be useful and productive. My friends, being a part of the flock is the the sheep's equivalent of American Express. Membership has its privileges. (laughs) But membership also has its responsibilities. And in our more mule-like character, we are sometimes resistant to those responsibilities. You see, it requires the work of the Holy Spirit to make us into the right kind of sheep to follow Jesus. Especially those of us who if you don't mind a bad pun, are hard of hurting. (laughs) So we need to ask ourselves, what does being a good sheep require? How can we make sure that we are in the right flock, obeying the good shepherd instead of wandering off on our own or following a stray herd? What do we need to know and do as a member of Christ's flock? So let's look at that for a few moments. Our lesson from John is set during the festival of dedication in Jerusalem, which we know of today as Hanukkah or the Festival of Lights. It's celebrated for eight days in December. Jesus was walking in the temple courts, walking along uh, Solomon's colonnade, which was a long covered walkway on the east side of the temple. 
And as he walked along, some inquiring Jews came up to him and asked, How long will you keep us in suspense? Are you the Messiah or not? And Jesus answered them, I told you, but you don't believe. You didn't believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you don't believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Now notice that what Jesus says, first of all, about his flock. First thing he says is that he knows them individually. And I think that's a beautiful picture of our relationship with God. Each one of us is known by God individually. There's an amazing story that comes from the, from the Wycliffe Bible translators concerning, concerning a tribal people in Cameroon called the Hadi. Now, I have to give you a disclaimer here because I could not find the proper pronunciation of this tribe's name or any of the other key words in this story, so bear with me. It may, it may be pronounced uh, some totally different way, but uh, the, in my best effort, the name of the tribe is the Hadi, H-D-I. But a translator there named Lee Bramlett was working with the Hadi people and discovered that, that all of the verbs in the Hadi language ended in one of three vowels. Actually, the verbs had all three vowels, meaning different things. They ended with I or A or U. And, and even more interesting was the fact that the ending vowel determined what the, the verb literally meant. And this appeared to be true of every verb in the Hadi language except for one, and that was the word which means love. When it comes to the word love, the Hadi people use an I or an A for the last letter, but no word for love ends with the letter U. So in other words, the two words for love are Devi, D-V-I, and Deva, D-V-A. But there's no Devu, D-V-U. So Bramlett asked the people for help in understanding this discrepancy concerning the word, and, and he asked, could you devi your wife? And they said, yes, that would mean that the wife has been loved, but that love is now gone. And then he asked, could you deva your wife? And they said, yes, that kind of love depends on the wife's actions. She would be loved as long as she remained faithful and, and cared well for her husband. And then Bramlett asked, could you devu your wife? And everybody laughed and said, of course not. If you said that, then you would have to keep loving your wife no matter what she did. Even if she never got you water or, or made your meals, even if she committed adultery, you would still have to just keep on loving her. No, we would never say you, you can devu your wife. It just doesn't exist. So Lee sat there for a few minutes and thought about John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And then he asked, could God devu people? Well, there was a complete silence for about three or four minutes, and then tears started to trickle down the faces of these older men. And finally they said, do you know what that would mean? It would mean that God would keep on loving us over and over, year after year, while all the time we have rejected His love. 
He is compelled to love us even though we have sinned more than anyone else. Well, do I have to tell you that the word devu has now been added to the Hadith translation of the Bible to express God's great love for us? My friends, Christ knows his sheep by name. Christ devus us unconditionally. He keeps loving us over and over, year after year, even when we reject His love. And that's the first thing that Jesus tells us about our relationship with the shepherd. He knows us individually. But listen to what comes next. Jesus says that the sheep listen to His voice. You see, this relationship between the sheep and the shepherd is not one-sided. The sheep also listen to the shepherd. There was a man in, in Australia a while back who was arrested and charged with stealing a sheep. But he claimed that he owned that particular sheep and that it, that it had been missing for several days. And so when, when, the, court came, when the case came to court, uh, the judge didn't know how to decide this. So finally he asked that the sheep be brought into the courtroom. Then he ordered the man who had accused the other man of stealing the sheep to, to go outside and call the animal. But the sheep didn't respond. Then the judge instructed the defendant to go outside and call the sheep. And when, when the accused man began to make his distinctive call, the sheep ran toward the door, toward the, the sound of his voice. And it was obvious that the sheep recognized the voice of his master. The sheep knows him, the judge says. Case dismissed. Now let me ask you a question. Is this imagery descriptive of your relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you listen to the voice of Jesus? The fact is that most of us are great talkers when it comes to our devotional life, but we're not very good at listening. We give God our laundry list of desires, but we're not committed to listening to what God has to say to us. But Christ says that he knows his sheep, and then he adds that they listen to my voice. And then he says this. He says his sheep follow him. Neil Anderson says that those of us who are in the Western world don't really have a, a very good picture of what it means to be led like a sheep because Western shepherds often drive their sheep from behind, sometimes often using dogs to bark at their heels to herd them together and to send them in the right direction. But eastern shepherds, like those in the Bible, they lead their sheep from out front. Anderson tells that uh, about watching a, a shepherd and his flock on a hillside near Bethlehem. He said that the shepherd sat on a rock while the sheep were, were grazing. And he sat there for a while. And after a while, he stood up and said a few words to the sheep and walked away. And the sheep followed. It was fascinating. Anderson says that the, word, that the words of Jesus in this passage of Scripture suddenly took on a new meaning for him. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Well, folks, let me tell you something. You can judge a person, uh, uh, whether a person is a true disciple of Christ, by how well he or she follows and the fact is that many of us want the benefits of belonging to Christ's flock 
to be known completely and intimately by God, but we don't want anything to do with the responsibility of listening to Christ and following Christ every day. We want to know Him as our Savior, but we don't necessarily want Him to be our Master. Well, Jesus is well aware of our weakness and our waywardness. And so He adds one final word of grace. He says that no one can snatch His sheep from Him. In other words, God devoos us. And there's nothing in all of creation that can come between us and our Savior. There's a story from yesteryear that says it beautifully, I believe. The year was 1850, and on the prairies of the Midwest, there was a light snow that still was falling in March. And there was a little log cabin in which a little boy named Timmy was on the verge of death from diphtheria. There's a Methodist circuit rider preacher who came by to visit Timmy. He wanted to see if the boy was okay because he'd heard about his sickness. And he, and he came into the room to find that Timmy was sick in bed. And the preacher was talking to Timmy and he asked him if he knew how to say the 23rd Psalm. And Timmy replied, yeah, I, I, I learned it when I was in the second grade at Sunday school. And so he started to reply uh, to recite it, and you know how kids are when they recite something they've memorized. They go real fast. The Lord, I, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And the pastor told him that he was saying it too fast, and so he tried to slow it down again, this time, you know, a little more slowly there. And then the pastor decided to teach him a new way to say the 23rd Psalm. He asked him to count the words on his finger, beginning with his thumb. The Lord is my shepherd. This way, when he uttered the word my, he would be holding his fourth finger of his hand. And, and then the preacher explained, your parents wear their wedding rings on the fourth finger of their hands because this is the finger of love. So if each time Timmy recited the Lord, uh, uh, the, Lord uh, uh, the 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, when he grabbed his fourth finger, it would be a reminder to him that the Lord is his personal shepherd. Well, this pleased Timmy to no end, and he recited the psalm like that. And then the pastor bid Timmy farewell and went on his way. But when the pastor came back to see Timmy several weeks later, he noticed that there was a mound of earth with a cross on it in the backyard. And he realized that Timmy had died. Timmy's parents spoke about what a good boy he was. And then they described his final night. They had kissed Timmy goodnight. And, and then in the morning when his mother went in to check on him, she realized that he was gone. But there was something that caught her attention, she told the pastor. She said that Timmy, when she went in to check on him, was lying there peacefully holding his fourth finger. And she asked the pastor if he knew what that meant, and, and the pastor could only answer her through tears in his eyes. Well, you and I know what that meant, what that meant, don't we? The Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd. Or as Jesus said, my sheep 
listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand and I and the Father are one. Jesus, the Good Shepherd, knows us by name. And we are to listen to His voice and follow Him, knowing that He will provide for all of our needs. And nothing, nothing will ever separate us from His love. This is His promise to His people, the sheep of his pasture. Amen. Paprika has been very nice. She, is it a he or she? She, okay. Paprika has been very nice. Very, very good sheep. That's what we're talking about. Good sheep today, aren't we? We're going to sing together, number 348, in heavenly love abiding. There may be someone here today who would like to make a commitment to Jesus Christ, and we invite you to do that. Or perhaps you would like to come and unite with our church. We invite you to do that. Or perhaps there's some issue in your life that you just need a time of prayer, and we invite you to come, and we will pray with you today. If God is dealing with you in any way today, uh, we invite you to respond as the Holy Spirit leads you. As we sing together number 348, in heavenly love abiding. Would you come? Thank you for your presence with us today, and thank you, Susan, for bringing paprika to us. 
And Susan said it'd be okay if, if some of our children could come and uh, they, they'll be able to pet paprika after the service. And uh, that, that'd be a wonderful treat for them. Let us bow for our benediction. As you go from this place of gathering, as the body of Christ, go knowing that the Good Shepherd goes with you. Go knowing that all of heaven is on your side to urge you onward, to lift you upward, and to strengthen you always wherever you go. Amen. Some of the adults can come pet Paprika too.